Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. What is an exorcism? What case helped inspire the 1973? Uh, what are we doing here, Ben? Okay. Uh, what's it with that ghostly uh, broadcast? What's with these UFO videos released by the Pentagon lately? Could UFOs be something other than extraterrestrial? Is disclosure, quote-unquote, a pipe dream? Well, welcome to the 737th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Here on ON 1240 Radio in our 10th year on the air, I'm Paul. Uh, ben is here with us, of course, and he's uh, wrestling with the board at the moment. And those sky-high questions... Uh, have to do with our wonderful guest, um, a legendary guest on a legendary subject today. And we welcome your calls. It's 800-449-1240 from anywhere in the U.S. or Canada, or 401-766-1240 from anywhere else in the multiverse. Send emails before, during, or after all shows to paul at behindtheparanormal.com. Timothy Green Beckley, a quote, has had so many careers that even his own girlfriend doesn't know what he does for a living, unquote. Since he was a wee lad, Tim's life has had uh, more or less um, a lot of involvement with the paranormal. At the age of three, his life was saved by an invisible force. The house he was raised in was thought to be haunted. His grandfather saw a headless horseman. Tim went out of body had out of body experiences starting at the age of six, and he saw his first three UFOs when he was but ten. He grew up in the 1950s and 60s, listening to the only all-night talk show in the country that revolved around the strange and unexplained. Long John Nabel's guests involved included the early UFO contactees who claimed to have visited other planets and built time machines in the desert, etc. When Tim grew up, he became an item in the UFO field, and he became a frequent guest on Long John's show. Tim first appeared here on ON 1240 in 1965 with the late, great talk show host Joe Ferrier, and in the current century, Tim has appeared on our show many times and is an occasional guest co-host. He has also appeared on just about every relevant radio and TV show in the multiverse, including Coast to Coast AM and William Shatner's Weird or What. Tim has written, co-written, or published about a thousand books, and I have been a humble contributor to a few of those. Uh, He's also one of the nicest people we've ever met. Uh, before we introduce Tim further, uh, f- formally though, we wanted, we had to, to mention that Art Bell, founder and former co-host of, former host of Coast to Coast AM, translated or died as we say translated on Friday, April 13th at the age of 72. The date would have drawn pungent comments from Art, I'm sure. Died at his home in Parump, Nevada. Uh, Art was a legend in radio on the air since the early 1970s. His show, West Coast AM, started in 1978 and morphed into Coast to Coast AM, the most syndicated late-night radio talk show host in America on more than 500 stations. It's still on the air. Ben and I have been guests a number of times since 2009. Um, and uh, I... I th- I think if you look at some of the uh, films that have come out in the last 10 or 20 years, there there are some nods to art in there most people wouldn't know about. Anyway, uh, I was only on the air with art once on June 9th, 2007, and the other guest that night was Whitley Strieber, uh, but I've only been to Parump, Nevada once. Uh, art, uh, memory eternal, and good sp- and Godspeed. Indeed. So, after uh, all of that, Timothy Green Beckley, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Good to be with you this uh, uh, a.m. on a uh, Sunday. I do want to in, uh, inject here uh, to to send some good wishes and healing uh, rays uh, to uh, two of our friends, 
uh, Brad uh, Steiger, who has been ill but is mm -hmm. recovering and mm -hmm. should be home shortly. Good. Yeah. And um, also to the uh, uh, alien hunter, uh, Daryl Sims, uh, who I will talk to later on in the day and see what's going on with him. I I'll give my he best. has uh, health issues. Indeed, indeed. But uh, good to be with you and uh, always uh, a charming uh, uh, experience, even with the negative entities trying to surround us. Yes, well, we are charming, aren't we? Oh, we try our best. <laughs> okay. So, so before we get started, Tim, would you like to offer a uh, f or uh, Tim would like to offer a free copy of uh, his uh, new book, uh, Weird Winged Wonders: The uh, Twilight World of Cryptid Creatures, to a caller who can uh, do what, Tim? Well, I think out uh, Trump uh, uh, us. Uh, I wanted to today discuss. I thought we would get into some of the alternative theories for what UFOs uh, might uh, be. Uh, the uh, ETH uh, phenomena, extraterrestrial hypothesis, uh, is uh, getting a little bit uh, worn, and I think the number of uh, individuals in the UFO field who believe that uh, we're being surrounded by uh, extraterrestrials has uh, uh, grown uh, thin, and the numbers are being reduced because uh, we have come to accept the fact that uh, we're dealing here, well, when we say UFO, fellas, what do we mean exactly? I mean, it, it stands for unidentified flying object, but it sure the heck could be a lot of different things. They don't look the same. They don't act the same. They're not piloted by the same beings. They don't appear in the same way. They don't disappear in the same way. And some of them are like us, and some of them hate our guts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to put it mildly, okay. Indeed. So let's begin with uh, some of the latest UFO news. Yeah, before we get into that. So, yeah. Indeed. So what's yep. what's the deal uh, with Tom DeLong and the Pentagon UFO videos released in the last few months? Well, you know, I have to admit, uh, I mean, I, I've seen the same videos that you've seen on uh, YouTube and on the, uh, various uh, cable TV uh, shows. I really haven't followed it uh, all that closely because I don't see anything really that uh, shockingly uh, new. I mean, uh, UFO uh, videos, well, we've had them for a uh, heck of a long uh, uh, time. I mean, if you go back to uh, the uh, early uh, 1950s, of course, there were videos in those days. They were shot on uh, either 8mm or 16mm uh, uh, cameras. We had all sorts of uh, unidentified objects in the sky, some of which the, uh, the Air Force and the military were unable to identify. I remember there was a, uh, uh, oh, I guess maybe a clip uh, that ran for a couple of minutes that was taken by a uh, the manager of a minor league baseball team in, I'm going to say, Montana. Uh, and it showed a, uh, a formation of uh, objects uh, passing behind a, a water tower. Uh, now, oh, yes. you didn't see a lot, uh, you didn't see a lot of uh, the detail uh, in it. I would say that they were specks of the sky or maybe about the size of baseballs, uh, actually. Uh, but uh, they, they were unidentified. They acted in a manner which uh, apparently our uh, aircraft at the time uh, could not or would not uh, behave, and they, uh, they were classified as unknowns in the Air Force of, of files. Over the years, you've had a number of other uh, uh, movies uh, that were shot by uh, civilians, and I'm sure some shot by the military, uh, that uh, have a defied uh, explanation. So this is, nothing, this is nothing really that outstanding or, or that uh, creative, 
uh, you know, uh, uh, fellas, it's uh, uh, every, every once in a while. We do this every every week, or more often, uh, perhaps. Uh, uh, we do this on a regular basis. You know, look for UFOs and ghosts, and uh, pick up uh, stray uh, voices from the uh, uh, the uh, spirit uh, uh, world. Uh, but uh, other people see this maybe once in a blue moon on TV and figure that this is the only thing that's going on or that this is the only uh, evidence for uh, UFOs. And I say, well, when it, when it comes to proving something, it doesn't prove anything more than we've known for a heck of a long time, is that there are a lot of things floating and flying and zipping about in the atmosphere. Yeah, I suppose that'll do it. I think the thing that that makes it such a big deal is, you know, Tom DeLonge himself. Which, I mean, if yeah. if if no one is familiar with him, he's he was was yeah. a member of a, a very influential pop punk band in the early two thousands, and it was, you know, I guess the, the reason why it's such a big deal is that he's, you know, kind of a popular figure. I mean, you've heard of like celebrities and stuff coming out about UFOs, but for some oh, reason, well, I've, I've written, you know, of course, yeah, we have we have a couple of books on the uh, on celebrities. Uh, uh, Tom DeLonge, to be honest with you, I never, I never heard of him. I'm, I'm a classic uh, rock fan, and I guess he came along a little bit uh, later on. But we, we've got a whole slew of uh, uh, musicians. Uh, uh, in fact, I, I think uh, on my own show there, exploring the bizarre, I, I quoted from an interview that was done with Dave Davies from the Kinks, who talked about actually communicating uh, with uh, some sort of uh, intelligence behind the, the UFOs. And, oh, yeah. and, uh, and uh, that's not the, you know, I mean, that that's relatively uh, a popular thing in the the rock and roll uh, culture. Uh, look at uh, David uh, Bowie, who I met on, uh, on several uh, occasions. I mean, he wrote entire songs and scenarios uh, about outer space and traveling and to yeah, the far true. corners of the universe. So uh, Tom DeLonge, well, that's fine. He, he apparently has the, uh, the money and the backing, and... And the uh, knowledge of the uh, the subject uh, uh, to put it uh, forward, and uh, God bless him, and and I hope uh, uh, something is accomplished by this. But just because it's Tom DeLong doesn't mean that uh, you know we're going to hear anything more of any uh, substance, or or where will it bring us in the end? Will it bring us disclosure? Well, what exactly is disclosure? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, it's disclosed. Hey. Who's hiding this? It's one of the most popular subjects in the world. In, in fact, I'm ready to pull my hair out because I go to Amazon and I type in uh, UFOs to see how many books that are published on it. Well, there are more books published on the subject than there are possibly uh, readers uh, to buy the books. Hmm. I know something like thirteen or 14,000 uh, books on, on UFOs. So it's not like they're being uh, you know, uh, uh, burned in the, uh, the city uh, square. Yes, exactly. Well, you know, and not to be cynical, and I don't know Tom DeLong. Uh, I know there, there's a lot of interest out there, but you know, yeah. one wonders if if these people don't don't, you know, with all due respect, you know, come forward. I'm speaking generally when their careers are slowing down, and and that they'll say, yeah. "I'm getting involved in UFOs. I had an affair with Trump." You know, any of the, <laughs> you know, yeah, just yeah. to get their names in the headline, and they'll get their names in the headlines. Yeah, I wouldn't. So, I wouldn't. I don't say know. That. I don't. As I say, I don't mean to be cynical or disrespectful, but well, actually, the, the three times now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, you're being cynical. Dad. I'm trying to be nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, the yeah. the thing is, like, it, it is yeah, that is a good point that some some people would would do that for attention. I I do agree with you, but the thing is, 
in in my my generation, the band he was he was a part of, Blink One Eighty Two, was a big yeah. was was a big deal and still is. Uh-huh. They ju- they just did a reunion tour like last year, and I remember uh-huh. kids I went to high school with. Well, I shouldn't say kids; they're all adults now. Yeah. We're like, oh my god, they're 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 going on tour again. I'm yeah. gonna go see them. And like they haven't really uh-huh. slowed. They haven't slowed down. Uh-huh. So I wouldn't say it's a cynical thing. That's why people were confused when they were like, why is he just giving up when the band is just starting to pick up again? Okay, all right. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I, I envy your generation in a way. I, I think I can speak for Tim. Uh, many of the bands from my generation and our or our generation uh, st- go on tour and, and like they're creaking around on the stage in their advanced uh, age. It's, it's rather grisly, in my opinion. But uh, I, I went to see uh, recently a Jefferson Airplane, not Jefferson Starship, but Jefferson Airplane, and I think there was one original member. Uh, yeah, well in his seventies, that's still in the uh, in the band, and uh, they still play good music. You like to hear the old, uh, you know, the old tunes, but uh, there was no jumping around on uh, on, on on stage and getting hysterical. <laughs> yeah. And the the audience was worse, to be honest with you. I I mean, I'm the only one that's kind of standing and dancing in a circle because I I love my music. I was involved in it from uh, in a personal uh, way for uh, for many years. And it's still the one thing that'll get me up out of my uh, recliner and uh, get me dancing uh, down the. Uh, I was going to say the aisle, but I don't. Ha- I, I'm so cluttered here that I don't have an aisle. <laughs> I'm not sure I want to see that, Tim. Anyway, but <laughs> seeing as we've touched on the realm of the paranormal, some of these bands. Uh, what, in your opinion, could UFOs be other than extraterrestrial? Well, what could they not be? I mean, well, that's, that's, true. that's the uh, that's the uh, the question. Uh, well. Okay, I have here at the top of the list, they could be from other dimensions or a hobgoblin universe. I think hobgoblin was either a term that John Keel uh, came up with, or it might have been uh, uh, this fellow W.F. Holiday in England who had some men in black experiences along the, uh, uh, the banks of uh, uh, Loch Ness. I mean, he uh, he equated uh, UFOs and uh, 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 sea serpents, lock serpents, lake serpents, uh, as being part of the same uh, hobgoblin uh, uh, universe. Yes. So uh, w- these things could be from uh, other other realms, ghostly uh, realms, parallel realms, uh, realms that are invisible normally to the uh, to human perception. But they can pop uh, in and out here uh, at the. I, I don't even sure if they can do it at their own free will. But they can cut. They can come and go uh, without it. Sometimes they're being observed, and of course, uh, other times they are uh, observed and probably don't want to be observed. But maybe they have no control over it whatsoever. Uh, in fact, uh, Paul, as you can uh, attest to, uh, there seems to be a um, uh, underlying uh, link. Uh, between what we call UFOs and a lot of this other uh, phenomena, including Bigfoot. I know you've mm-hmm. been kind of tied up uh, with some experiences in the Pennsylvania area where uh, these things are appearing uh, simultaneously. So, yeah, we're heading out in a few hob- weeks again. Yeah, hob- hobgoblins, uh, it could, uh, it could uh, be. Absolutely. What about the notion that these at least some ufos could be living creatures creatures oh, well, yeah, of the atmosphere yeah, that, that's, that's an interesting yeah that's an interesting uh, concept uh there was a a, a fellow a, a zoologist uh, 
many, many uh, years ago. I don't know if you fellows recall the name Ivan T. Sanders. Oh, I knew him. Oh, oh, you did. Yeah. Oh, well, in, 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 indeed. Well, uh, he uh, he went along with this idea that there were actual living uh, entities uh, in our uh, uh, atmosphere uh, who normally would be invisible, but then from time to time would uh, become uh, observable uh, by uh, witnesses uh, here down on uh, Earth. Uh, it's a, a theory. I'm not sure who exactly uh, started it, but uh, it probably goes back a long, long time ago. But uh, I know Trevor James Constable, who lived in uh, uh, the desert just outside of uh, Joshua Tree, California, uh, actually uh, took uh, infrared uh, photographs uh, of the sky. And uh, when the uh, uh, photos were developed, there were these giant, and I mean giant, gigantic, uh, amoeba-shaped uh, uh, creatures uh, on the uh, on the film. Very, 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 very uh, uh, scary to to say the uh, uh, least. And then uh, recently we have uh, what we call uh, the rods, right? The rods uh, the are rods, skyfish, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The the rods seem to be uh, uh, intelligent. But they certainly, uh, and maybe some of them look like elongated, uh, uh, cigar-shaped uh, or cylindrical uh, uh, craft. Uh, but uh, they uh, come and go, and they disappear in the blink of an eye. They have been known to chase our aircraft, and I think, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, some of them might have even actually passed through uh, physical uh, objects. Uh, very, uh, I've heard of that very rarely, but I've heard of it. Yeah, 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 yeah apparently it happens, and there's all sorts of... Uh, uh, videotape and even uh, uh, motion, uh, motion picture uh, out on the uh, called the rods, I believe, uh, out on the uh, out on the, uh, the subject. I mean, it's a, a fascinating uh, uh, theory that's a little bit different than the uh, the others. And and I would say, yep, there there are uh, uh, living creatures that are invisible, but up there somewhere. Yes, indeed. I'm thinking of uh, if you think back through history, we have various interpretations of unidentified, unidentified flying objects that, that that many people will, will admit come from our culture. For example, in the 1940s and 50s, and you know we live in a society that was very machine-oriented, that they had the, the nuts and bolts interpretation in many of the reports uh, from uh, you know Frank Edwards and all these people who yeah, were... Yeah, the, the, the uh, Stanton Friedman approach. Yeah, uh, precisely. I, I was just going to say Stan. We, we all love Stan, but he's kind of... Yeah, yeah. likes the, likes yeah, the, yeah. the nuts he's, and bolts. He, he's stuck. He's stuck in it with the in with the nuts and bolts, yeah. So there yeah. you go. But then you uh, get into, um, I think, uh, someone like Ted Phillips in Missouri, who has tremendous, oh yeah, um, collection of um, UFO evidence and reports of, of physical landings. But he said the nature of the technology or whatever it is seems to be changing, and you have more of these things that don't seem to be nuts and bolts. Uh, we have a yeah. caller at this point. We have Phil from Orange, uh-huh. Massachusetts, and uh, Phil, are you uh, on with us? Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon. Um, good day. Uh, you have a question for uh, for us or, uh, and or for Tim Beckley? Yes. Um, really just a couple of gratuitous observations on the topic of disclosure. Um, I would maintain that Harry Truman's comment uh, when he said in reference to the Washington merry-go-round, oh, yeah, we, we get those things all the time. I would argue that was a preface to disclosure, and it was the last time anything like that's happened in public. That's that's one of the points I wanted to make. The other is, 
coming from a 2011 issue of a magazine called Open Minds, the glossy magazine, and in it oh, there yeah. are photographs of Hillary Clinton um, on vacation at the ranch owned by Lawrence Rockefeller, who, as I guess you must know, has been yep. really started the Disclosure Project. There's a picture of Hillary holding a book, and it says in the article that ufologists tried to discover for years the identity of the book. Finally, some researchers identified and proved that it was called... The book. Uh, yeah, the book, yeah, the book is by Paul uh, D uh, Davis, I believe. Oh. It's yeah. called Are yeah. We Alone? Yes. Okay, yeah, so yeah. then one more point on this, and the final point yeah. is that later on, uh, Whitley Strieber had a uh, conversation with some people, so ufologists, I guess you'd call them, and yeah. Strieber said that um, the Clintons had not commented on anything Lawrence had to say about the book or anything else to do with UFOs, mm -hmm. and that before President Bill Clinton appeared for a press event, uh, Mrs. Clinton asked Mr. Rockefeller not to bring that topic up again. So there, you know, we at one point thought that the Clintons were finally going to do it for us. Yeah, well, I, I was just going to say, I, I, I don't think that's uh, true, though, because I've heard her uh, in in various uh, interviews uh, talk about UFOs. She even had her own uh, terminology uh, uh, for them. I don't think she was uh, sweeping it under the rug. I blame it on the media. The media never. Uh, the media is so uh, uh, interested in WikiLeaks and her uh, emails uh, that they don't. Okay. They don't have time. They don't have time to ask intelligent questions about other uh, uh, topics. Plus, and, the, and uh, as, the you, media, as you know, uh, Stanton Friedman has said that if if the uh, mainstream press devoted yeah. one hundredth of one percent of the time they spent on WikiLeaks yes. and all that other stuff on UFOs, yeah. get somewhere. Well, there are some WikiLeaks well, I, having I, to do with UFOs. Yeah, but the, the stuff was so t was totally superficial. <laughs> okay. I came out on the WikiLeaks. Why? Why yeah. even bother? It was just like you know a couple of email uh, questions uh, uh, back in the fourth with uh, John uh, uh, Podesta. Now, uh, of course, Ronald Reagan had uh, UFO uh, uh, sightings, two of them, uh, and I know about one of them because he, uh, uh, after his sighting with Nancy along the California coast, apparently. Uh, it followed their uh, automobile for a while. He went to a, a party. I believe it was at Lucille Ball's house. And Steve no, it was, Allen Bill, was there. it was a birthday party for Bill Holden. Okay, well, anyway, Steve Allen was there because I talked to Steve Allen on the phone. I used to work for the, uh, the tabloids, and he was the first one to reveal about how uh, Nancy uh, and, and Ron, uh, Ronnie came into the room and they were all excited about this UFO uh, encounter that they had. But my, my favorite was uh, Jimmy Carter, of course. Now, uh, Jimmy Carter uh, saw this object, uh, I, I think it was after a, a meeting of the Lions Club or something, in a little town in uh, Georgia. And uh, they tried to convince him over the years uh, that what he saw was the planet uh, Venus. Well, I went back and I did a little bit of investigation on my own. And lo and behold, it turned out that there had been a mini flap of UFO sightings in that same town over a period of maybe three or four days before uh, his uh, the sighting and, and afterwards. And one of them involved, if I remember correctly, an actual landing of a uh, uh, craft. So there's a lot more to the story. I know somebody was going to do a, uh, uh, a 
uh, film uh, uh, on it, a motion picture on it, but uh, all I ever saw was the trailer, and the film never got uh, completed, uh, I guess, you know. Uh, okay. But, well, uh, calls we're coming up on our bottom of the hour break. Phil, thank you for the call. I must say I am a bit disappointed. I thought someone was going to say that. The uh, the book uh, Hillary Clinton was reading was by Paul uh, and Ben Eno uh, and or Tim Beckley. So, uh, all right. So we'll, uh, we'll but thank you thank you for the call, Phil. We're going to take our break. Thank you. Okay, Thanks it is um, behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on W O O N twelve forty in New England's beautiful but chilly and I see a few snowflakes. Uh, Blackstone Valley. Good grief. Uh, we'll be right back with our great guest guest Timothy Beckley and stay with us, please. Hi, I'm Greg Bell, the host of Win Radio Was. I'm Mortimer. Bill. Is that you under that blindfold? Bill. With this thing on, I can't see who I am. No, I imagine not. <laughs> can't you see anything at all under that blindfold? On a clear day, I can see the blindfold. You can. Yeah. Win Radio Was, shows from the past for today's imaginations. Win Radio Was airs Monday through Friday right here on ON 1240 Radio at 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Well, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WON 1240. Uh, the 70, I think we're into the 71st broadcast year on this wonderful station in the Blackstone Valley and uh, the 10th year for our show on the air. And we are talking today, I don't actually, I have to, of course, mention our charities. Uh, they actually are on the website. Uh, somebody pointed out that they went looking for them and they were not on the website, as I've been saying for 20 years that they are, or 10 years anyway. And uh, so they are on the website, uh, very, very selected charities that Ben and I have adopted because we know the people who run them and we know that they are run well and honestly and that what you donate will actually get where it's supposed to go. Indeed. So let's return to our fascinating guest, Timothy Green Beckley, legend in the paranormal community. Uh, Tim, let, let's uh, switch gears here a little bit and talk about something we have never talked about in all those years on the air, the hollow earth theories. What is that? We haven't talked about the hollow earth. Well, that's kind of surprising. Well, there's there's two ways to approach uh, the uh, the hollow earth. Um, probably a lot of people have heard uh, the rumors uh, over the years that uh, the explorer uh, Admiral uh, Richard E. Byrd, uh, when he had traveled to the poles, had found a uh, entrance uh, that led inside the uh, uh, inside the earth that was guarded by. Uh, a race of giants, and supposedly there's a uh, uh, a Nazi uh, UFO base down there in uh, Antarctica as uh, uh, well. Uh, it's uh, been cleverly hushed up by the um, uh, by the authorities, but the media has, uh, uh, from time to time, uh, referred uh, to it. I mean, I've even seen uh, uh, stories on the TV that discuss this at length. And if you go back in history, you'll find that a lot of uh, books and literature uh, was uh, written about the uh, uh, this entire concept that uh, the Earth is hollow and, and that there's a great uh, central sun and there's some uh, beautiful uh, cities that are inhabited by uh, uh, a race of uh, giants and uh, so forth. The book that comes to mind, and Ben, I'm sure you read it when you were in school, is Journey to the uh, uh, Center, Center of the Earth. Of the yeah. Earth. Uh, yeah. By Jules Verne. Of course. I mean, I still think of Pat Boone uh, jumping from. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he thinks about it from time to time as uh, uh, as as uh, well. But made into several, I think. Uh, you know, it, it's a it's a lost world uh, down there, but it's a uh, a world that just like on the uh, outside of the uh, planet, 
except that I guess uh, everything is uh, is upside down or going in the opposite uh, uh, direction. It's a concept that actually fascinates people. If, if I go back now, we have, uh, uh, let's see, about 320 titles up on uh, Amazon on everything. I mean, that you can think of in the world of the uh, 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 paranormal. And uh, one of the most popular subjects among the uh, public is the hollow earth theory. I would say that we sell more hollow earth books. We might have about 27 titles or so. We probably sell more hollow earth books than we do about books being uh, 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 books uh, where uh, UFOs are identified as spaceships. Huh. So you have the ho- you have the hollow earth uh, concept where the planet uh, is uh, hollow inside. There's a great central sun and a great civilization. Then you have the very spooky tales told by the late Richard Shaver. Now, Richard Shaver was a uh, auto mechanic, and uh, one day while he was working on the uh, welding uh, machines up there in Detroit, this would go back to, uh, I guess, the late 1930s or the early 1940s, he started hearing voices. Now, it's not unusual to hear uh, uh, voices. There are a lot of people out there who... Uh, God bless them. Are uh, a little uh, uh, tipping, tipping the scale, I guess you might uh, 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 say. Uh, but um, Richard Shaver developed a whole scenario for these voices, and what he overheard was conversations between uh, beings that live in an ancient cavern system uh, that uh, was. Uh, I guess it either existed on the planet uh, millions of years ago, and some of it was uh, bored out by uh, people who lived on the surface, but because of some uh, problem with the, the sun giving off uh, radiation, they actually moved underground. And over the, uh, the centuries, it became very demented uh, in, their, in their thinking, and supposedly, according to Shaver, are responsible for... Uh, many of the uh, the misfortunes and disasters that take place on the surface. Uh, supposedly, they have uh, commanded some of these ancient, what they call telepathic mech machines, and they could sit there and actually uh, implant uh, very bizarre and very evil thoughts into the minds of humans uh, up here on the surface. And from time to time, they kidnap people and take them uh, below for... Uh, very uh, grisly, cannibalistic, uh, sadistic uh, purposes, and that's known as the uh, the Shaver uh, mystery. Yeah, we we have a number of books on uh, that, uh, including a series uh, that Ray Palmer had uh, printed called The Hidden World, uh, which goes back a number of years. But if you type that in at uh, Amazon, the Shaver mystery or Richard Shaver, you'll find uh, uh, quite a bit of material on this subject, and it's something that was hugely popular in the late 1940s and the early 1950s. In fact, the Fate magazine, which we all read uh, growing up. And, and, and wrote for, yeah. Yeah, yeah, except yeah, for, we all did. Right? Except for Ben. I, I, think that's where, I, I think that's where I got my first $50 check. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, was, uh, some yeah, newspaper, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah was from, uh, was from uh, a Fate uh, magazine. And uh, Ray Palmer who had been the editor of Amazing Stories, a uh, kind of pulpish uh, science fiction magazine uh, in the mid-1940s that operated out of Chicago. Well, 
he had received a huge brown envelope one day with a handwritten manuscript by Shaver telling about this lost world. And his assistant uh, editor threw it in the garbage because he thought it was trash. And uh, Palmer asked him what he was throwing out, and the guy said, well, this is some, like, nutcase was uh, written, uh, written in about his uh, clash with beings underground and so forth. And Palmer retrieved it out of the uh, uh, trash and had it retyped and uh, ran it uh, probably as a 76-page article in the uh, uh, magazine, as I remember, Lemuria. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, Palmer, Palmer spiced it up a little because uh, Shaver, quite frankly, was not the world's uh, greatest uh, writer. Uh, I remember he used to send me uh, uh, copies of some of his correspondence and letters and in those days, uh, they typed on, people typed on onion skin. Yeah. Which was the I remember that. drastically, yeah, drastically thin paper that if you typed hard enough, you would put a hole in, a hole <laughs> in the paper. Yep. But the reason they used it is because you could make more carbon copies. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was no such thing as CC or BB, uh, in those days because there was no internet, obviously. So, if you had a, a a group of people you wanted to have read whatever it is that you had written, you tried to make uh, as many copies as possible using uh, carbon uh, paper, and in order to do that, you used the onion skin. So, heaven forbid, if you got the eighth copy down, because you would just never, it would be a, a, just a, a, a smudge uh, yeah. by that time. And if you got the first two copies, they would just have holes there. It was like Braille. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it was uh, so. Anyway, that that was um, uh, it was a very popular concept that was big in, in the the late forties and nineteen fifties when uh, Palmer uh, took over Fate magazine. He was one of the original uh, publishers under their assumed name because he was still working for Ziff Davis out of Chicago. And uh, the the mystery is still known today. People still are uh, interested in the Shaver mystery, and we get a lot of correspondence on it. And and people are interested in, in reading what Shaver had to say. Now, he also collected rocks. Some people said he had rocks in his head, but he <laughs> believed that the, the history of the planet had actually been uh, ingrained in, in boulders and rocks, and that if you sliced them with a saw, uh, that you could actually see what this uh, other, uh, uh, oh, this, uh, the history of the planet over a period of, uh, of uh, eons, of course, you had to have a unique uh, way of uh, viewing them that maybe uh, only Shaver and a few other people had. Uh, but uh, he used to send me a, a, a box when I was a kid, a box full of rocks every couple of weeks, and, and my mother would get furious because when he opened the box, they were taken out of his uh, yard. They were full of worms and dirt and, uh, and and a few rocks that you had to try to decipher. So I I, I never quite get into reading. Uh, got into reading the uh, the rock uh, books, and people say, "Do you still have?" Do you still have a few rocks? I see you want to buy some. <laughs> yeah. Well, the only, sure the only thing uh, with a few rocks, you know. The only thing with the hollow earth business, um, it's it just where's the evidence? Uh, on the other hand, I mean, I'm thinking of the, the the stories like the Green Children of Woolpit from the 13th century. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, England, yes. where uh-huh. you know people coming up, and and you know, I'm also thinking that something we're always pointing out in this show that we have a, at least a, mi- a million years or more of human history that is utterly unknown, empty. Uh-huh. You know, as far as our knowledge is concerned, anything could have happened. People might have gone underground. They might have mutated. I mean, who knows? So, I mean, you know, uh, no. we, we don't shut off any um, any opinions. Ben, what say you? I I think it's interesting. Um, 
because it's it's such a strange idea and the more i thought about it as as tim was explaining it's like who where would he even get this like it, it's so crazy that it's like there's really no way to sort of unless unless you're familiar with like the f- folk tales and and mythology yeah. of like the green children of Woolpit, like you have to really like well that's pretty well documented i mean given the fact that well, it's not, so unless, well essentially what i'm saying is you really have to know your your history and know yes. your stuff yeah. to come up with some sort of crazy story like this and this this <laughs> guy was just he was just working in detroit in the auto industry and so out of nowhere he just hears these voices and it's just yeah. some some crazy yeah, well, like story well, you're, 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 you fellows are fans of uh, lovecraft right oh, yeah we're, we're cousins of lovecraft well now, didn't cousin, he yeah. talk didn't he talk about sub subterranean uh, uh, demons? Well, in fiction, yeah. Mm. He well, claims he fiction. claimed he had never uh, believed any of that literally. He was an That's atheist correct, and yes. uh, yeah. materialist of the nineteen thirties and twenties. Right? Well, didn't he? Uh, did, didn't he sort of get him from dreams? Was that? Was that? He had thing? a lot of weird. It was funny. Somebody asked him if he used drugs. He said, "I don't need to. <laughs> the dreams are too wild." So yeah, he got a lot of uh, stories out of dreams. Uh, that doesn't mean he believed them. But there are people who, to this day, there are people who've been on. I've been in contact with who said he really believed all this. It was all true, and uh, all the, this, the, the fictional books he wrote about, like the Necronomicon and all this, were really exi- really existed. And you know, I just give me a break. Pretty sure the Necronomicon yeah. doesn't exist. No, but, but, well, it does. Yeah. Somebody wrote it. But oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, so I don't know. With Tim. Well, I don't know. Uh, it's fascinating uh, uh, stuff by by all means, but the the con- the concept of uh, you know, life inside the earth and in a weird uh, other other it could be that uh, uh, this is uh, uh, on a, taking place in another dimension. Now, yeah, I was just going to say, but, try- yeah, that's. Yeah. Um, uh, the the possibility that allows for all things. Plus, I mean, you know, there was there was all sorts of stories in in history, like the uh, you know everyone's familiar with Greek mythology that you know Hades is under the earth, and there was some I think it was in Crete, there was like a cave system that everyone believed was actually like the River Styx oh. that was like the gateway well, even, to hell. Now, now even the, even the Greek uh, god uh, of uh, Olympus, uh, they li- they lived in caves inside of Mount Olympus. Um, but uh, people uh, are uh, extra fascinated with uh, this uh, place in California, Mount Shasta. Hmm. Uh, Mount Shasta being up, I think, near the uh, Oregon uh, uh, border. Uh, people people go there to hike and to meditate, and uh, there's all kinds of uh, ashrams uh, uh, in the uh, the uh, the town. The uh, the closest town. Now, this is uh, I, I always get a chuckle out of this. Is the town of Weed. So if you're yeah. you're visiting Mount if you're visiting Mount Shasta, you might want to stop in weed, <laughs> uh, weed weed uh, weed first. But um, there are all kinds of stories about uh, beings on uh, Mount Shasta who are said to be living inside uh, the mountain in a golden city known as Telos. Uh, and there's a, a very charming uh, lady, a retired school teacher, who moved from. Uh, upstate from Syracuse, uh, New York, to uh, Mount Shasta, because she began receiving uh, channeled uh, messages from uh, uh, beings who live inside um, uh, Mount uh, Shasta in the city. Tell us, and uh, if you've heard the story of Count Saint Germain, oh, yeah. who is the the man who supposedly lives uh, forever, or at least he's over four hundred years old uh, now, uh, he said to 
uh, wander the uh, the mountains of uh, Mount Shasta there, and and pops up from time to time and uh, communicates with people, and then mysteriously vanishes again. And there's all sorts of sightings of UFOs coming up out of the mountain, and uh, uh, Bigfoot uh, the sightings, and other creatures living in in, in caves and all there. So it's a, a very mystical uh, mountain. Uh, that uh, uh, people uh, 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 are intrigued by. And we have a number of books out on uh, uh, the secrets of uh, Mount uh, Shasta and The Dweller on Two Planets, which was a, uh, a book, it's about four or 500 pages, which was channeled by a, uh, a teenager back around, I think, uh, 1880 or so. It's the book that Shirley MacLaine credits with getting her into the uh, into the paranormal Apparently, uh, she was uh, in a uh, bookstore in uh, uh, Paris or somewhere in France, and the book fell into her hand, and hmm. uh, she became uh, engrossed uh, by it. It's the uh, channeled messages that were received by this teenager boy. Apparently, uh, he worked for his father. They had a huge uh, ranch uh, out there somewhere near uh, Mount Shasta, and every day he would climb on his horse, and he would uh, uh, ride the, uh, the fence posts. I guess that's the best way to describe it, to make sure that the uh, the fences were not down in uh, any of the uh, areas so that the uh, the cattle or, uh, and so forth would not wander out into, I was going to say the highway, but yeah. <laughs> no, I, they didn't have to worry about, I guess, speeding cars in those uh, days, but I guess you didn't want the uh, the cattle to get mixed with somebody else's herd or, or, or wander off in the other bush and have to go uh, uh, scouting uh, for them. So he, he channeled this huge book, uh, and I think the messenger was uh, someone from uh, Atlantis, uh, of course, and yeah. and gave this whole history of Mount Shasta and that part of the uh, the world in Atlantis, and, and maybe it was uh, uh, Lemuria or Mu or one of these lost uh, you know uh, continents mm-hmm. that seem to uh, submerge from time to time. In fact, that's another theory for uh, UFOs. Uh, we talk about the lost civilizations and all. It could be that uh, these uh, craft are uh, hanging out in some uh, lost uh, continent that uh, we don't know anything about or is being uh, concealed uh, from us. Well, people used to laugh at the idea of Pangaea, you know, the original supercontinent, and then it turned out it was true uh, geologically, you know. So, um, well, Tim, what? Um, I'm, t- I'm trying to think of uh, getting all the stuff in here, but be- before we chew up this hour. We want to give you a chance to tell about your websites, your books, and uh, where Ooh. people can find etc. And, and uh, uh-huh. so, go ahead. Well, if you're look, if you're looking for me, I, I'm uh, easy if you dare. to, uh, to find. Yeah, I, I, I'm easy to find. In, in fact, I wonder what possible information could Facebook have that people don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, 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 I can't imagine you want my shoes dyed. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, I, 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 you know. That kind of like boggles the mind what they might what they might have, but uh, if you just Google either Tim Beckley or uh, that's where I'm I'm on uh, Facebook. I think I've got a few, maybe a hundred uh, spaces left for you know people who want to uh, hang out on Facebook. Uh, it's under Tim Beckley. The website would be conspiracyjournal.com or teslasecretlab.com. Uh, the uh, Radio show is Exploring the Bazaar, uh, aired live every Thursday night over KCORradio.com. 
And you can find me and about 200 videos and interviews and uh, everything else on uh, YouTube at Mr. UFOs, The Secret of Files, and, and all kinds of books. I mean, you, you, you want a subject on the paranormal, I'll point you in the right direction. Okay. I'll sell it to you, I'll sell it to you under the counter. All right. Or you can get it on that. You can get it on Amazon. Okay, we might have touched on this uh, to get back to our topics here, Tim. Uh, this is from Den in uh, southwest Missouri. And Den writes, Paul, does Tim have a view about the, the possibility of a breakaway civilization? I guess he's abbreviated it. But. Yeah. Uh, well, there's, there's a breakaway civilization. Now, uh, there could be, uh, uh, like we talked about this uh, lost continent uh, uh, concept that uh, some... Uh, ancient civilization uh, broke away, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, from the rest of the world. God knows how many uh, eons uh, ago. Uh, it could be that these uh, uh, ancient astronauts, as we call them, are part of this uh, breakaway uh, uh, civilization. I've also heard it uh, told that, uh, uh, like we just uh, discussed in part, that the uh, uh, the uh, the Germans, the Nazis, uh, took up. Uh, uh, and went to the South Pole and set up a civilization uh, uh, there. Uh, and there are also, you know, if you go back in history, uh, there are also uh, uh, many reports of UFOs uh, and other flying craft long before the Wright uh, brothers uh, got into the air. Uh, it seems that the Wright brothers got credit uh, for, uh, you know, uh, uh, taking off from uh, Hitty, uh, Kitty Hawk. Uh, and, and staying afloat for, what, two or three minutes or something like that. But there were a whole slew of other secret inventors that apparently were uh, uh, running around uh, long before uh, the Wright brothers uh, sending up aircraft and landing in people's backyards and uh, taking people on board and telling them all kinds of strange stories and also uh, It's possible that there is a, uh, a secret society of, of some sort uh, uh, living uh, uh, beside us, uh, again, either uh, in a, uh, the physical world where we can't see them because they have cloaked themselves in a shield of invisibility, or it could be that they exist in some parallel uh, uh, dimension. If uh, people are interested in, the, in that uh, concept, my suggestion would be a, a book that we just recently uh, published called The uh, uh, Matrix of Philip K. Dick and the Paranormal Synchronicities of Timothy Green of Beckley. Yeah, we did a uh, show on that, yeah. Last yeah, time you yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, Philip K. Dick, of course, was a great science fiction writer responsible for uh, the films, which were interpretations of his book, like uh, uh, Total Recall and uh, Blade Runner and the uh, TV series Now the Dead in the High Castle. And and his concept is, is that we live in a parallel uh, uh uh, reality and, and that we could be living in more than one place uh, simultaneously and nothing in history is written in, in concrete and is subject to change. Very, uh, we're basically a computer simulation and I, I go along with that theory more than uh, most because hmm. I've had all these synchronicities that have happened to me and we've talked about that uh, oh, for over years, and over yeah. again on the, yeah. Uh, yeah, on, on the, uh, the show. And I'm not talking about, you know, somebody, uh, uh, I'm thinking of somebody and they call on the phone the next day. I wouldn't even include that. I mean, if you go back and listen in, uh, to the archives of uh, the, the uh, program, both yours and mine, uh, you'll find a lot on this subject, some of the weird uh, things that have uh, happened uh, to me, that there, there is just no uh, earthly 
uh, explanation uh, for. Okay. Uh, I wanted to just to clear uh, the... Um your intentions regarding the, the free book for someone who comes up with the idea of, yes. uh, you know, alternatives uh, to yes. the UFO theories that we often hear. Do you want to continue that past the show? Because we really don't have any more time for callers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, why don't, I'll, I'll leave it up to you guys. Okay, well, we'll be in touch, well, and we can put it on our website. And sort of that, yes. uh, it yeah, sounds yeah. like fun. Well, it sounds yeah. like fun. Yeah, yeah, but, exactly. yeah by, by all means. And, uh, uh, and maybe make a note of uh, some of the... Uh, uh, the the theories if you get them in a, and I'll uh, post them or do an article okay, cool. on it or do it in our blog or something All like right. that for sure. So we have a, a, just a few more minutes, but one of the things that's always bothered me about the, this theory that the Nazis moved to Antarctica after uh, World War II or at least the the remnant. Um, the, the you've got three problems. One is simply a power source, you know, to keep from freezing to death. The second is the second is financing. How do you finance something like that? For for seventy oh, years. Oh my, my my goodness! Look at look at all the uh, the gold and and art and and stuff that the uh, Nazis. Uh, well, that's uh, true, but a lot of some of it's been found, and gold even gold only lasts so long. But the, the third problem and, is, and also they were they were they were supported by uh, outside uh, uh, sources in, in various countries in in South uh, America. Uh, there's a very good series that's on the uh, History Channel about how Hitler actually uh, uh, you know escaped and went off to. Uh, uh, Argentina or, yeah. or wherever. Uh, I don't think it's. I, I think there's something to the uh, the concept. Well, uh, if you also look, uh, you'll you'll find that uh, a lot of the early UFO uh, encounters, when people were taken on board the craft or, or walked on board, the uh, the uh, uh, occupants of the ship were often heard to be speaking in German or with a German accent. And they look, hmm. they look very, very uh, Aryan uh, in appearance. And uh, the uh, Georgia Damsky uh, contact, I know many people don't believe it, but he still has a, uh, uh, a large uh, following. Yes, he does. Uh, We're always trying to get yeah, on the he, show. Yeah, yeah. He, he uh, supposedly met this being from the planet of uh, Venus in the California uh, desert. And uh, there were a number of uh, uh, witnesses, uh, apparently, to the uh, uh, this... Uh, extraterrestrial uh, in, encounter. It was a, a handsome, blonde uh, gentleman who looked uh, uh, very uh, feminine, which was unusual, I think, in those uh, those uh, days. But the uh, the fascinating thing is is that uh, after the encounter and the uh, uh, the space being went back into his craft and it took off, uh, several of the witnesses who were there went and made plaster of Paris cast of the boot prints that had been left in the uh, the soil by this uh, supposed spaceman. And there in the middle of the blueprint is a swastika. Now, I uh, ask you, what is a, a swastika doing in the middle of a uh, uh, the blueprint left in the ground by somebody supposedly from the planet uh, Venus? Well, <laughs> that's a good question, but we're going to have to end it there. We're out of time. Indeed. Tim, our dear friend, thank you for another great show. We'll be in touch off You're the welcome. air. We've got lots more to talk about, and uh, we'll be doing that. So you thank you so much. Okay. You're Very good. All right, let's get to our announcements, folks. Uh, if you happen to live in western or central Pennsylvania, join us on Saturday, May 5th at 1 p.m. at the Pines, 1549 Kilmer Road in Dubois, for our third annual town hall meeting for experiencers in the Pennsylvania Triangle Flap Area, as we call it. Uh, we are to the point where we are expanding the scope of this case, gathering statistics and other data on paper, and then identifying patterns. Of course, our primary goal is to help people come to grips with their experiences there. And with us will be broadcaster, lecturer, and UFO researcher, uh, 
Charles Credo, and of course, our valued colleague Shane Searway, uh, heard so often on the show as a guest co-host. Um, the event is free and will not be broadcast, uh, just to guarantee anonymity for people who want to talk. And uh, there we are. There will be refreshments. So uh, join us if you can. All right, so uh, plan to meet us on May 26th and 27th at the uh, Saucer Symposium at the KRI Center for Consciousness Studies in Stratham, New Hampshire. And there will be uh, some great speakers, including Shane Searway, Andy Kitt, and many others uh, that you've heard on the show before. And uh, this is the fourth year in a row we've spoken there, and we'll present some new material uh, from our flap area cases, and we'll also do our second annual live broadcast from there on the uh, 27th. Uh, with a panel of the speakers. So watch for more information as those dates approach. And on Saturday, July 21st, uh, it sounds far away as we sit here freezing, but it's not. Uh, we'll be back at the Danbury Public Library in Connecticut to present a program on Bigfoot, Mothman, and Monsters You Never Heard Of based on our 2017 book of the same subtitle. And on uh, Labor Day weekend in September, we'll be back at the Exeter UFO Festival in New Hampshire. And on Columbus Day weekend in October, we'll be once again at the Greater New England UFO Conference in Lemonster, Massachusetts. Okay, and we may be permitted some shameless self-promotion. Uh, our books are always available. They're great for gift-giving. You can read them. Uh, they're widely available, but if you order them online at either of our two websites, BehindTheParanormal.com or NewEnglandGhosts.com, we'll be happy to autograph them for you. And The books include the first two in our Behind the Paranormal series, Behind the Paranormal, Everything You Know is Wrong, published in 2016. That, that's in stores uh, and uh, available from online retailers. Uh, then there's Behind the Paranormal 2, Bigfoot, Mothman, and Monsters You Never Heard Of, uh, published, uh, uh, well, just last year and currently available from online retailers, Amazon and Amazon Kindle. Uh, so we can, uh, you can please uh, check that out on those websites. Uh, okay, Ben, uh, now, of course, we have, the script is a little bit wrong. We will not have a live show next week. That's kind of unexpected, but the entire station is committed to uh, something uh, with um, one of the Red Sox teams, and uh, we'll be uh, sitting that one out. So um, we will have a rerun, and that will be, I believe, the, uh, what do we got here? We've got, oh, the show from last August 20th, the St. Louis Exorcism of 1949. That was a very interesting show, and we'll rerun that next week. Uh, but we'll be back live the following week. Indeed. So, um, Ben, what's going on with the YouTube channel? Oh, well, we're uh, I'm still currently cutting together a uh, a trailer for our upcoming series. Hopefully, uh, we'll have we'll have more time once things start to calm down and the weather gets better. Okay. But we're running out of time, so if you want to do the quote quickly. Well, let's do the quote. Very A very interesting quote from American author and activist Helen Keller. The best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched. They must be felt with the heart. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. We shall see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind.